0: We have declared that the spirit of the living God changes us, and we're going to be in God's word, and I believe there's going to be some life's changed today, some life's adjusted. So I pray that you're ready to listen to what God's doing among us. And, and when we're changed to become more like him, it, it prepares us to be about his mission. And here's what we believe our mission is at FCC, to love God, love people, and to serve all. And the more we're changed like Christ, the better we do that. And I want to pray right now for a group that's on mission, living out our mission statement, uh, headed to Cooks and Hills. And that is a great place that we're in partnership with, uh, families taking care of foster uh, children. We've got a group of seven uh, that are on the way now. So let's just pray for them as they travel to Cooks and Hills to to be on mission all week. Father in heaven, I thank you for this group of, of our church family right here in Bond County that is headed to Oklahoma. Uh, to serve children and families that are uh, invested in you and committed to you. I pray that their labor uh, be intense and uh, they work hard. I pray that their conversations be sweet and encouraging, and I pray that they uh, are changed again and again to be more like your son Jesus, to love your, uh, your father, uh, to, to continue to love people and to serve all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You do not have to go to Oklahoma, though, to be on mission with us. This week, tomorrow, we are on mission together as a church at the food pantry. Uh, So tomorrow from 1.30 to 4 o'clock, if you're free, uh, we need some help with the food pantry. It is a stocking shelf. It is bagging appropriate items together and then take them to families that come to the food pantry for items. And I believe many of you can do that. If you're a college student, high school student, uh, this may be the perfect thing for you to do to stay plugged in to what God's doing this Summer, helping up the food pantry. So, if you can sign up on your way out in the foyer today, maybe say, I can't do tomorrow, but I can do uh, next Monday, let us know, and uh, we're going to do that together. It usually takes about five to eight people to do that well, uh, so maybe you can help us with that. We're on mission in Oklahoma and right here in Bond County together. And when we reach out and, and we're uh, focused on growing, we grow as God intended. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've been growing. If you receive the newsletter, every Sunday in the month of May, there were baptisms. Every uh, Sunday, there were new decisions for God. In fact, there were seven immersions into Christ uh, in May, and two people uh, recommitted their life and joined the church. So let's praise God for that. That was a, a, a really great great month, and we're growing Last Sunday, Dee did an excellent job wrapping up the Grow series. If you have a card in your chair or in front of you, it's likely it's going to give you some uh, tools to share your faith with a friend. Put that in your Bible, your wallet, your purse. Uh, If you don't have one around you, there will be some at the foyer. It's just great um, scriptural evidence of how we can trust Jesus and be saved by him. And that's the good news. And we can share that with the world around us. And we're growing. Have you noticed so in great growing seasons? Uh, now, I'm talking about plants right now and, and maybe your yard or your garden. Have you noticed that in your yards and gardens and flower beds and fields, that during the best growing seasons, the grass and the flowers and the crops uh, grow well, but so do the weeds? Anybody ever notice that? Any farmers in the, in the, or gardeners in here? You know, the, the weeds just love this type of year. And we're, we need to be very careful to, to always be pruning and, and pulling weeds Farmers spend lots of time and money making sure their fields are are clean, weed-free. I I learned this week that farmers in the United States of America spend $7 billion a year with a bee taking care of weeds. $7 billion. They they know it's important. They know it's valuable. Here's a picture of a a bean field uh, in the Midwest that is clean. Doesn't that just make a farmer's heart joyful right there? You know, that, that field is gorgeous, not even a sprout of weeds in it. It takes a lot of care to get it there. Uh, farmers have realized, though, if they're not careful, there are weeds that grow up in there. Uh, a recent survey showed here, here's another field that's not clean, it's dirty. That's water hemp. Some of you farmers are like diving under your pew right now. Get that away from me. You know, you can't even hardly look at it. But here's what they found in the University of Illinois. They did a study, and if there's weed hemp uh, to this level, 44% of the yield will be wasted. It's serious. That's why they spend so much resources and time making sure the, the fields are clean. And if farmers know to do this so much with weeds of a physical sense, uh, I'm suggesting this month, all the month of June, that we need to be identifying weeds in our spiritual life and the life of the church, and we need to pull them. We, we can't sit along and just let things grow up in our midst, in our hearts, and think it's going to be okay. We need to uh, spend a great deal of effort in, in pulling the spiritual weeds that can can destroy our lives and our relationships. Pulling weeds is important, both physically and spiritually. One of the weeds that, that I would want to identify today is something that the Holy Spirit has drawn me to. It may not seem like that difficult of a weed from the beginning spiritually, but I would suggest it's the most numerous among us of any weed, and Satan is using it to destroy relationships. Marriages and church relationships and our relationships with the lost world, that they don't hear the good news. Today I want to talk about gossip. You're like, well, that's good. I don't know. I don't believe I'm a gossip, but come over here. I'll tell you who is, right? One of those things. What's interesting about gossip is a lot of times we don't think we're the problem, but we like to stay close enough to hear what's going on. Speaking of gossip, did you hear the one about the the preacher, the elder, the Sunday school teacher, and the new youth minister? How many of you heard that one? Well, let me just go and tell you, okay? Uh, There was this new youth minister at this church, and and there was this group of three guys that had met for a long time, a preacher, an elder, and a Sunday school teacher, and they wanted to bring this new youth minister in and make him feel acclimated and welcome and also hold him accountable. So they brought him into their Bible study and their prayer time. The wise preacher thought, well, we're going to really ramp this up this first week. We're going to make sure this guy uh, feels like we trust him from the beginning. So he, he decided to confess the sin and was going to lead the rest of the guys to confess the sin they could pray for too. And he says, guys, I feel really embarrassed about this, but I have a trouble with stealing. E- every week I steal some food from a staff member, whether from the refrigerator or from their office. And I just go around and I help myself to the things and I really need to stop that. And they, they prayed about it. They really didn't say anything more about it. It was kind of an awkward moment. And then the pastor looked at the elder, and he's like, oh, yeah. The elder said, man, I'm ashamed of this, but I have struggled with pornography my entire life. Real sin. In fact, sexual temptation is is a major part of my life. And I'm trying to resist it, but I need help. So they prayed about that. It was very silent in the room. And then the Sunday school teacher said, boy, I've got something to confess. I lie on a regular basis just to make myself look better. He says, I have to admit, it's almost like an addiction. I'll just make things up to get attention. So they prayed about that, and it was silent. They they thought about these three things, and a minute or two went by, and then they all just looked at the youth minister, and they were just silent. He's like, oh, this is my time to share. You know, he kind of figured it out. And he says, guys, I have to be honest with you. This is real embarrassing. The things that you shared with me have made my temptation even grow, because you see, I'm a gossip, and I can't wait to get out of this room. You probably have heard that similar story or something like it before. You may have even lived it. The, having a piece of information that you can't wait to share with someone else. And, but when we think about sins or, or spiritual weeds in our life and we try to examine them, we, we do think about sexual sin or we, we think about maybe uh, stealing money. Maybe we think about lying or we think about almost anything other than gossip. But, but today I want us to look at gossip for what it is and why God despises it because it kills relationships. And we need to be like the farmers in our area and make sure our lives and our church are free from the weed of gossip because it's destroying us. There's two main reasons I think we should focus on at FCC. The first is this, we're vulnerable. All churches are vulnerable, but I think we're especially vulnerable for one reason. Gossip seeds are easier to sow than its weeds are to pull. It's real easy to sow seeds of rumors and gossip and just let it spread here and spread there and just back away and and watch it uh, unfold? And and for why, uh, one reason, it's really intense right here in Bond County, Greenville, in Greenville First Christian Church, is we are a medium to large church in a small community. So what that means is most of us know something about someone In the room. Maybe a tidbit. We know where they work or we know who their kids are. We know who their grandma and grandpa is. Maybe we know a problem they had way back when they were a teenager or we know what their teenage kids did because we heard it or we saw it on Facebook. We're unique in the sense that we're very much connected and we know bits and pieces about a lot of people but we may not know that many people well and it leads to rumors and to gossip. gossip. See I found that it's easier to have a negative conversation about people than difficult conversations with people think about this week and how your week went how many times did you talk about someone but you never talked to them i'm guilty of it this week it it probably is something tempted almost every day there's something that comes up in in, in a world of conversation and you talk about someone but you never take the time to go talk to them guys, that's very potentially gossip in an unhealthy way. And if we're not extremely proactive and pull the weeds of gossip, it hurts relationships. Here's the second reason why it's so dangerous. And this is the main one, the only one we really need. God hates gossip. He just does. He hates when people talk about someone else, whether it's by accident or on purpose, and it tears them down, because God is a God of perfect relationship. Uh, From the beginning, before there was ever time, it's always been this way. God has been in perfect relationship with the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that's what he wants for us. And gossip destroys that. All throughout God's Word, we see different lists of sin. While God's word is so much bigger than just a list of things not to do, uh, we need to be, be aware of this. And in these uh, declarations of what destroys relationship, gossip is almost always there. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing the church in Corinth, and he's looking forward to be with him again. Here's what he says, for I am afraid that when I come, I will find you as I would, not what I would want you to be, and you may not find me as you would want me to be. He says, I'm afraid when we actually see each other, it's not going to be quite what we dreamed about. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. He says, when we finally get together, I'm, I'm afraid we're not going to be as tight as we think we are because of these sins, these problems, jealousy and rage and gossip, just to name a couple. He says, it shouldn't be that way. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? He goes, Here, here's are the things that, that these people, their hearts aren't with God. But here's what they do. Do not be deceived? Neither the sexual immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men... Nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. In this translation, the word here is translated as slander. It is an intense form of gossip. Uh, slander is in a form of gossip where there is a, a malicious purpose from the beginning. It's not, just, it's not just lazy speech. But he says, in all these things, these type of people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Including things like slander. Oh, you see another thing there that that hits our eyes on Pride Month. This idea that that men who have sex with men, their hearts are far from God. Oh, We want to point fingers at that. While that is sinful, so is gossip. Look at Romans 1. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, Arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Man, that sounds a lot like the culture we live in. They're just coming up with new things to be the next thing that's radical. They disobey their parents. So you, you see uh, two ends of the spectrum. Uh, they invent ways to be evil, and they disobey with the parents. So if you are uh, living under the roof of your parents right now, uh, that, that is thrown right in with all this other stuff. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no mercy, and no love. Here's the way Jesus puts it. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. That's speaking against someone in private to hurt them. The Bible even makes it more clear than this. Here's what it says in Proverbs. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Look what it says. These, These seven haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. Oh, that's pretty obvious. A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies. That's the slanderer. Here's the gossip, a person who sows discord in a family. I think that describes slander and gossip right there. The, the slander is someone who tries to bear false witness, but, but uh, a gossip is someone who just throws out seeds of, of weeds of discord and, and disunity. Man, uh, the, the, the proverb says God hates this. The reoccurring sin that we often think about that needs to be pulled first is maybe a sexual sin or stealing or lying or something to with pride. But you know the, the central theme of all these lists? Gossip. Because it destroys relationships. It affects marriages. It, it, it comes between parents and grandparents. It comes between churches. It comes between elders and pastors. It comes between people that that come together uh, with a good intention to worship, and then they get caught up in what he said or she said that maybe never should have been said. So here's their working definition to gossip to start with, and I don't know if you would agree that you have a problem with that needs to be pulled, but gossip is sowing seeds of bad news behind someone's back out out of a bad heart. And some of you are like, man, I do that. There are times that I talk bad about someone with bad intentions, and that is sin, and we need to repent. Others you are like, man, I never talk bad about someone on purpose. Well, good. But I don't really believe that's the only definition for gossip. I think God's word... Gives us a, a bigger picture of all that gossip may really mean. We have become so desensitized to gossip with all that we see on social media and all the things we see on television and movies. Gossip is almost an, an everyday thing of life where people talk bad about someone else and then someone else uh, uh, gets uh, some blessing from it, a little bit of high or a little bit of excitement. We have been, become desensitized today. I pray that we all become sensitive again to our words and like Ben read about just a moment ago, that we would use words that bring glory to God and build each other up. Do you know where the original word gossip came from? It's not a Greek word. It's not a word that comes from Hebrew. We translate it from Greek and Hebrew into, into gossip often. Uh, but, but the word gossip is actually not that old. It, it was uh, uh, or originated uh, from around uh, 1300 and the 1400s from a word called god-sib. Anybody ever knew that? I did not. It's an old English word, god'sib, And it flows from this tradition that was made about uh, thir- in the 1300s in England where someone in a family would be going through a very intense or special occasion. And they would bring in someone close to that family to experience it with them. Most of the time during my research this week, I found that it was a woman very close to the mom of the family and this woman we brought in for a baptism and specifically very often a birth. So here's what you've got. You've got a woman being brought in for a time of a birth and they were called a godsib and their, their role was to experience the birth with the with the mom and the family and then when it was over to go out into the community and share what they've seen in the blessings of the good news of the birth or the baptism. It was kind of like a modern-day birth announcement or a Facebook share, okay? And it spread all throughout the community quick. The God sib was, was supposed to declare what took place. And for about two to three hundred years, this was a, a positive thing. If you were a God sib, it means you were trusted to experience something and share it. But then after a few hundred years and a few Couple thousand probably bad experiences, gossip began to be called gossip, and in that it was changed from a positive thing to a negative thing because here's what would happen. Instead of just giving the report of the baby that was born and all the good things that happened, the 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 women that would go from this place of this experience would start to say things like this. You can't believe the thing she said when she was giving birth. Oh my goodness. Or uh, you can't believe how weak of a husband she has. He passed out right in the middle of the birth. It was things like that that should have never been said that started coming from the mouths of the gossip, and it was said that they were goss, gossips, and they turned into gossips. That's where a word comes from. And it's much like the old telephone uh, game that we play. Uh, ben would share something with me, would share something with Kirk, and then it would go all, by the time it got to the back of the room, it was a mess. Our human nature turns positive things into a mess all the time. And God says we've got to be very careful to pull the weeds of negativity. The Bible explains the concepts even better. This concept of our English word that we translate, but here, here's some of the meanings. A gossip is one who reveals secrets. Look what it says in Proverbs 20: a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Oh, that's good advice. If you know someone that's always willing to tell you the secret of what's going on in someone's life, guess what they're doing with your friends when you're not there? They're telling the secrets about your life. So be careful to hang around with these chatterers. Be very careful that you're not a chatterer, that you're not just telling secrets. A gossip is also one who whispers. Very similar, but a little different. Look what it says. A twisted person spreads rumors. A whispering gossip ruins good friendships. We probably all have been on the hurt side and the person who has done the hurting side of spreading a rumor we shouldn't have been hurting relationships. It's also one who babbles. The word of God says this, besides that, they learn to be idlers going about from house to house and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. So what I want to see today is that all of us probably play into the gossip world uh, not only just listening, but sometimes we say things we ought not. Sometimes we whisper things uh, that should be kept secret. Sometimes we just like to tell uh, on other things just because it's interesting. So here's our working definition definition of being a careless gossip. It's passing on personal or privileged in- unconfirmed information that may not portray someone in a positive light. And this is what most of us get caught up in. We pass on something we shouldn't that may end up or may not end up hurting someone, but we don't care. We say it anyways. And that's a gossip. And it needs to stop. It's unhealthy. Here's the gossip on steroids. It's slander. This is a purposeful negative agenda. Slander is this. It's passing on personal and privileged or unconfirmed information with the purpose of portraying someone in a negative light that's slander and that too is sin that is what the amber Heard and johnny uh has been all about it it is this idea that both this husband and wife began to speak against each other and cost each other millions of dollars and their lives have been on display for everyone and for some reason we love to watch it don't we Well, at least that's not our lives Johnny Depp may have had a small victory, but was there any victory in all that negative talk? God says it's not to be in the lives of the Christians. It's not to be in the lives of the church. It's causing so much problems. So let's evaluate if you need to pull the weed of the gossip in your life. Guys, I I pray that this convicts you today so we can clean up our lives. I want to pause right here for a minute. I shared, I was speaking uh, to two people that weren't on staff this week, um, and I haven't made that public on purpose because I didn't want you coming here today uh, thinking that you were or weren't something like this. I just want us to have the word of God hit us. But here's the reality. We do not have a gossip infestation right now. I don't believe that's true, but do I believe gossip is in, in our midst? Absolutely. And if we're not willing in this growing season to evaluate the things that could slow us down and limit our our voice, we we will regret that. So today I want us to slow down and ask ourselves, how am I contributing the gossip that hurts relationships and hurts the gospel? So here's one way to answer that question. Do I talk about things when people aren't there? Do I talk about people when they're not there? It's a pretty, pretty easy question. And if you, if you realize you're always talking about people when they're not there, it's a warning sign that you're a gossip. Does it mean automatically that you're gossiping when you talk about people and you're not there? Absolutely not. For example, let's just see if this works. Nathan and Andrea Andrus are not here today. Can I tell you something about them? Anybody want to hear anything? Nathan and Andrea Andrus are an amazing couple During a time when our life was going through a transition, uh, Bree Dothager was called away from our church in her administrative role that we greatly need. Nathan and Andrea Andrus came together after 15 years of serving the local church on the East Coast and said they're willing to come here and serve among us. And through their training and their giftedness, they have been a blessing to us at a time where we needed uh, new partners in ministry, And I'm so thankful for them, and they're not here today because they're celebrating 20 years of marriage, and if you don't haven't met them, you need to get to know them and invest in them because they will be benefit to your life. Now is that gossip? No. Did I tell you Nathan and Andrews weren't here? Can I tell you something else about him? Let's not go down that road. But, but you see how that so quickly can go from even a positive thing that's not gossip to, to we want to know more. Well, well why, did they, why did they leave the East Coast? You, you see how your brains, uh, there must have been something wrong out there. Uh, even in that question, we begin to gossip in our hearts and minds. We need to be very careful that if we're always talking about people when they're not there, we might be gossiping. Be very careful if you're drawn to speak to others. Why don't you go and speak to them yourself? Here, here's another thing to ask yourself. Uh, I talk about things that I do not know for certain. This is a major warning sign. If you like to talk about things that you don't really know about, if your conversation often starts like this, hey, I don't know this for sure, but I, you know what I heard? Anybody ever heard of a conversation start that way? <laughs> or how about this one? Uh, Now, this may not be true, but you won't believe what I heard. You're even admitting this. You don't even know if it's true, but but you want to talk about it. Or how about this in your prayer time, in your your special group prayer? uh, Hey, guys, I know we got this prayer list. Uh, Have you seen the Joneses at church lately? They haven't been there. I wonder what's wrong in their life. We assume things are wrong, and then we start talking about, and then we'll say things like this. Sometimes we'll couch gossip in prayer requests where the prayer request actually happens. We just talk about them. That's sin. Or how about this one? I talk about other people's business. Or I talk to other people about other people's business. Like this. Can you believe Tom and Betty are having another baby? Now, now that could be an exciting piece of information, but maybe that wasn't your place to share. We need to be very aware if there's a piece of information that's not for you to share, don't share it. Or maybe you're at a party and you see Tom there, but you also know Tom just lost his job and you have no idea why he lost his job. And instead of going up to him to talk to him about what's going on in his life, you go up to his brother Terry at the same party and say, Terry, I heard your brother lost his job. What did he do this time? That's gossip. That's meddling in relationships and things that we don't need to do. It's talking about other people's business and it's a strong warning that you're in sin and it needs to stop. But here's the most telling thing that you can know you're in sin. I like to talk about other people in a negative way. Or I, this just hit me. I like to talk about other people's problems. We need to really pay attention to this. If we're talking about other people in a negative way and their problems, it's very much that you're getting in not only to gossip but slander. And it's, it's gossip on steroids and it needs to Stop. Man, I love our moms group, but, but I'm just going to uh, pick on some different groups of people real quick, and I'm an equal opportunity offender, just once you to know from the beginning. But moms, if you're in a moms group, and, and when one mom is not there, you spend half your time in your moms group discussion talking about how that mom is not a very good mom, that's gossip, and it needs to stop. Guys, if, if you talk about your buddies, and you, you run down his boys, and his job, and his wife, his truck, or, or maybe his crown vic, it needs to Stop. It's gossip. Dads, students. When we talk about others, it's gossip. Students, like when you make fun of your teacher with your friends, or you run down your friends with your teacher, it's gossip. Members of FCC, when you make fun of another church because you don't understand the way they do things, or, or, or you laugh about their preacher being this or that, it's gossip. And you stop. It doesn't make us look better. It makes us look bad, and it hurts the kingdom of God. Were there times when Jesus spoke negatively about the hypocritical, evil religious leaders of the day when they weren't there? Just think about that for a second. Were there times, though, Tyson, you're like never supposed to talk about people. Were there times when Jesus spoke about the bad religious leaders when they weren't there? Yes. But you're not Jesus, and nor am I. Are there times when we can have the green light to talk about something evil when that other person's not there? I think there are, but it's probably very slim. And next time you feel compelled to talk about something uh, that you think is wrong when that person's not there, ask yourself, am I really trying to help the people I'm speaking to? Am I just stirring the pot? And if I'm just stirring this pot, It's sin. We're very tempted to talk about our, our government leaders. M- maybe your president, no matter if it's a Republican or Democrat. Well, well, if you're on the other side, we love to uh, talk about that. Now, while there may be a time and a need for that, next time you're tempted to do that, ask yourself, is there any benefit of this or am I just stirring the pot? Why don't you talk about something good? I think we can all be guilty of that at times. And to an extreme, when we are always talking in a negative way, it's sinful. We need to start looking gossip for what it is. I think it's Satan's seeds that he loves to sow among us to destroy our unity and destroy our relationships. Satan loves to sow among us doubt and dissension and disunity, often through our own words. He, he sows it through us. And, and it's often almost impossible to make right. This week, Dee and I were talking about this concept and. He reminded me of a story of a preacher uh, just after the Revolutionary War. And they were establishing different cities on the East Coast. And and many of these cities were assigned a pastor to come in and establish a church for the community. And one community received this pastor, and he was doing great things. He was working really hard. And one of the uh, uh, just town leaders despised him. He, he, he was probably a little jealous of him, but he began to say all kinds of things about the ministry and the church. He even talked negatively about his wife and his children and his work ethic and his knowledge of the Bible. He put him down every chance he got, most of it was a lie. And when he, that, that man, that business leader, was reading through the Bible, he was convicted whenever he came across some of these passages so he went to the pastor and says, you know what, I have been spreading rumors about you that I know are hurtful to you and the church. And the preacher goes, you think? They've been devastating to us. It's really a detriment to, to the community and everything we're trying to do. It's a detriment to the kingdom. He says, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I want to be forgiven. And the, the pastor says, you're forgiven. You can be forgiven like that, but there's effect to this. He goes, well, how can I make this right? Uh, the preacher says, I want you to go to the, the general store and buy a pillow and take that pillow just out in the street in the middle of the street and open the top of it up and just throw out the feathers of the pillow everywhere and then come back and see me so he did that kind of confused about it he went back to the pastor and he says hey i've done that what do i need to do now he says i want you to go back to that street and collect all those feathers and return them to me he goes, man, there's no way. Even as I left there, they spread out all over the place. Some of the people even picked them up and took them on their own. They were just—they were all over the place. There's no way I'm going to be able to get all those feathers. And he goes, that's exactly right. While you're forgiven, the effects of gossip go on that cannot be restored. I wonder how many times we spread our, our words and rumors in such this way, thinking it's no big deal when they're destroying relationships and we can't do anything about it. It's one of Satan's greatest tools to get us talking about each other in a negative way. And you're like, boy, that's a strong statement. Uh, Tyson, shouldn't you be much more concerned about homosexuality and and drug abuse and and maybe theft? While those things are extremely important to, to make sure they're not growing among us, gossip, I think, is the most widespread spiritual sin in the church today. And it's from Satan, you're like, well, that's really strong. And no, it's really not. If you look into God's word, uh, the word here for slander is diablos in the New Testament, the Greek word. Uh, diablos uh, is translated most uh, often slander, sometimes gossip on some translations, but it's this idea that we're going to talk negatively about someone and it destroys relationships. And God says it's sin. That same Greek root word is our English word, Devil. So here's what you, we have to understand. When we speak negatively of somebody, our identity, it gets mixed up not with the identity of our Father in heaven, but Satan himself, the devil. In fact, when we're speaking negative words, we have the identity not of our dad in heaven, but more of the devil who's trying to destroy us all. And we become partners with him in that. And it needs to stop. Stop it. Keep those type of words out your mouth. I didn't know we were going to learn something from Will Smith at the Grammys or wherever that was. Keep these negative words out your mouth. That's what God's saying. Stop it, because we need to heal uh, from these hurts, not keep them going. Look what it says in Proverbs 26. Fire goes out without wood. Man, sometimes the Bible is super obvious. Fire goes out without wood, okay. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. disunity, fights, quarrels go out when gossip stops. How many times have something bad happened in the church or your family or your friend group that just about the time that it starts to, to be uh, peaceful again, there starts to be non quarrelling or fighting or disruption, does someone start spreading rumors about that again? Everything flares up. I wonder how many marriages would have been saved in our community. Maybe this church over the last 50 years, if instead of uh, people continue to talk about the sin that happened or the, dis, dis, the disagreement that happened. Instead of just talking about it, they actually talk to those people say, we love you, what can we do for you? I wonder how many people that left the church on any given day, maybe it was over mask or, or music, instead of us continue to talk about them, we'd go to them and say, hey, we care about you. How can you be brought back into the church? But about the time they're brought back into the church, they hear another rumor about them that wasn't even true. They're like, we're never going there again. See how gossip destroys marriages and people feeling like they can be a part of the church family? And he says, stop. Stop it. Instead of talking about them, go to them. Pray with them. If we're going to be known for telling stories, let's make them good ones, okay? It's like a country song, but it's a bad country song, you know? If there's going to be a story about us, let's give them something to talk about. Let's make it a good story, I'm going to use Ben Harris as an example. Ben Harris' office right over here. This is not happening to Ben, but it sure could. It may be, I just haven't heard it yet. Somebody may come up to you and be like, boy, have you heard? Ben Harris is never in the office on Fridays. You know why? It's his day off. Why the way, he is here most Fridays for a little bit, just doing something. But next time you hear somebody telling a bad story about one of our staff or a church family member, ask a reason, why, why are you even telling me this? And maybe to start telling the good story that you know about Ben Harris instead of the fact. Not only is his day off on Friday, Ben Harris really loves our students, and he's getting to know them, and he wants them to be a part of a Bible study on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights uh, this summer. Uh, change the story and tell a good story, Amen. How many times though do we fall? Yeah, I know he's never. I don't think Tyson's there most Fridays either. When do those preachers ever work? You get my point. How many times do we fall into telling bad stories? We're to tell good stories, but the bad stories taste pretty good. The Bible says that in Proverbs 18, 18. The words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. makes me think of that juicy part of the ribeye that just melts in your mouth, or a perfect morel cooked in the springtime. You just, you can't help but eat it. And, but but what the Bible is warning us, if it's this gossip morsel that tastes so good, it it, it, it penetrates to the inner parts of our lives, our minds and our hearts, and it may seem desirable, but it's destroying us. So we need to stop it. We need to quit making excuses. And here's what we got to do. Transition here. We're almost done. We got to repent. If your life is caught up in gossip or listen to gossip, just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry that sometimes I look more like the devil than I do you. It will stop. I need to to not only not do it, I need to do something good. Let my words be a positive and a, a good speech. Today, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, we sang that song, Holy Spirit, change us. If you've seen in this word that you're guilty of gossip or slander and you know that you're wrong, stop it and repent. And repentance always has this idea of not only saying you're sorry, but starting to do something good. So here's what we need to do. Good. Look what it says. Live by the word. Ephesians chapter 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Any of it. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that they may benefit, that it may benefit those who listen. So say, God, I'm sorry. Help me to do things that build others up. So ask yourself this question this week when you're in conversations. Does what I'm about to say build others up? If it does, speak up. If what you say in conversations, does it tear others down? I would suggest you shut up. And daily, if she was in here, uh, my second grader, she would be all upset I just said that, okay? That's, that's curse words. But I would rather us be guilty of saying shut up, that's slightly inappropriate, than this church be full of gossips, uh, tearing apart relationships, Amen. So speak up or shut up based on what you know is happening in your life. But it's just not that easy. There are times when you're not saying anything, but gossip is still happening around you. What do you do then? I learned it the hard way. Uh, the first six months I was the preacher at Hersher Christian Church. I had served there uh, for five years or so as the, as the student minister. Actually, the, the youth minister from birth all the way to college age. I was the only full-time minister. But then all of a sudden I was doing all the preaching too and we were on our own. We hired a part-time uh, student minister from Olivet. He came about 20 hours a week. He was finishing up his senior year of undergraduate. That same year he got married to an amazing woman. She was a junior. And their ministry among us was really strong for a while. Then they got really busy at the end of a senior year. She was a cheerleader. There started to be some talk about maybe some inappropriate behavior. And really all that we knew it was was flirting. She, She was a beautiful young woman in college. So the boys were attracted to her, and she loved their attention. And they loved her attention. Not that we knew anything was really going on, but what started to happen in elders' meetings for about three months was this one elder had heard a little bit of bad report uh, about their willingness uh, to do some things and her uh, flirtatious nature, and all that we did for about three months was talk about what was wrong. And I said, hey, I'm talking to him about it. I'm wanting him to be aware of, of the appropriate nature of him being with these young girls and her being with these young boys, and we have to be very careful, above reproach, and he understood he was going to talk to his wife. But the elders just kept talking about what was wrong instead of doing anything about it. Oh, we prayed about it a couple times. But after three or four months of of that type of relationship and them being torn into full-time ministry, they left our church family. And it, it hurt because the kids loved these guys. And really, nothing was ever rectified. We talked about uh, their shortcomings a lot, but we did very little to to help them. In fact, my silence, I believe, hurt them. I should have stepped up and said, let's stop talking about this and do something for him and for them. They went on to a full-time ministry in another state. And in less than a year, based on the things that we were concerned about, they had a divorce. And their ministry was over. I can't help but think if we would have come alongside him and her and prayed for them instead of talk about them, that they may not only still be in Hersher thriving, but they would still be together married. But as we talked about them, you know what my worst problem was? I didn't do anything. I let my elders do their thing. And I regret that to this day. It starts with elders. It starts with pastors. It starts with each of us in our own personal lives. When there is gossip happening, we need to ask ourselves, how can I help build this person up instead of just uh, talking negatively about them? What if we spent more time encouraging people rather than talking about them? God's word would change our lives. So what do we do? I'm going to give you just two simple things to do if you're in this environment where there's negativity and gossip happening. The first is be positive. Back to like I was talking about Ben Harris. If there starts to be a negative mood in a conversation, uh, talk about the positive of that person. No matter how much you have to stretch it, I'm not saying you lie, but go to the very uh, uh, much as you can of putting a positive light on that person. And it'll change the mood of the conversation. People realize, well, there's no uh, ability to gossip here because this person is positive about this person. Secondly, this, if the gossip is happening, make sure and be ready to welcome everyone in. And this is harder. But if gossip begins to happen about so and so, we need to say, why don't we invite them in this conversation? Ask them how we could help them. Well, let's see what they have to say about this concern. And almost 99% of the time, people will just be quiet. They get the point. And every once in a while, and I pray in this church, whenever that happens, we would literally go to that person and say, How can we help? How can we love you and serve you? Because our mission is to love God, love people, and serve all. How can we do that instead of just talk about them? There's weeds among us. And, and today I pray you don't feel built up, beat up. I pray that we are in this growth season and we see things growing around us, and we're gonna pull these weeds of gossip so we can continue to grow out with the gospel. Because you know what is exactly opposite of the gospel? Gossip. The gospel is what? Good news. And gossip is bad news with bad intentions. So today, as we move forward from here, let's commit to share good news and pull the weeds of bad news and build up the kingdom of God. And here's what I want to share with you as closing. The good news is going to win over the gossip, the bad news, In the end. Amen? The good news is winning. It is winning, but we've got to pull weeds so we can be ready to share the good news. Would you stand with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for the good news of Jesus. Help us to be shares of good news and not get caught up in bad news. I pray that if someone's been hurt here by gossip recently, that they would forgive, but realize there's consequences. Let us repent and move away from our gossip and move to to speaking the truth of what is lovely, what is pure, what is good. In Jesus' name, amen.